Welcome to another Sunday session podcast. It's been a while between drinks, but we are ecstatic to be back talking about rugby league as we should be. Chris Kennedy is in the studio with the great man, Kenny Scott. And on the line, we are privileged to have with us this week, the hooker from everybody's second favourite team, if they're not your first team, Wade Egan. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, AK. It is so good to be back. I've had just the best weekend and I haven't even left my house. It is, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, Wade, obviously, like we said, thank you for joining us. Must be brilliant to, after everything that your club has gone through, uprooting yourselves and basing yourselves first at Tamworth and then at um, Gosford to have come out and put on the sort of performance that you guys did on Saturday. Yeah, um, I think it was a very good performance for us. Um, obviously, you know, we've been... Um, Sort of, you know, doing it pretty tough over the last few months, not knowing what's going on and relocating a few times. But, um, yeah, the boys um, obviously showed they've been working hard um, when they had the break and then uh, working hard. We got together in Tamworth and it sort of sort of all come together yesterday and um, we put a good performance together. Before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of the game, just, um, I, I guess, the solidarity across the NRL and the NRL fan bases. I think everyone appreciates what the Warriors are, are doing and have gone through. We saw the Dragons um, get you guys into a huddle. Was that just about sort of, you know, showing some appreciation, some solidarity? Yeah, um, their skipper, Ken McInnes, just got us in the huddle and just, um, yeah, sort of told us how, how much they, they appreciate what we're doing and... Um, That'd be sort of hard to do, especially after a tough loss that they sort of suffered. But, um, yeah, it was really good from him just to sort of show the respect that um, that they have for our sort of footy club, doing what we're doing. Um, I know how hard it'd be if um, I don't have kids of my own, but, you know, the boys that have kids and, you know, young families would be um, especially tough on them. Absolutely. I think we've seen, you know, Adam Blair's wife put some photos on Instagram of, you know, the airport goodbyes, you know, Peter Hick, who's obviously just had a kid who's had to leave at home and there's plenty of other examples. So I think uh, are you guys feeling the love from across the, the various NRL fan bases and the appreciation from, from the other 15 fan bases for what you guys are doing? Yeah, 100%. Um, there's messages coming in from, you know, all angles from um, all over the country and New Zealand. So it's um, yeah, it's been incredible with the, the level of support we've got. And I think it's made it um, 10 times easier sort of, you know, relocating. Um, we sort of got fans everywhere now. So it's, um, it's pretty cool. Fantastic. Wait, do, you, do, you, do you and the team, do you guys feel different um, now that you know what you're doing and you know you're going to be um, based, based in Australia for the, at least short to medium term? I think looking at what the way you guys played the first two rounds is really different to the way that you played this week. Is it just because you, you have more certainty around what you what you need to be doing? Yeah, um, definitely. I think you know, especially that round two game when we we're sort of you know in, in Kingscliff, um, the boys sort of there was talk that the cop was going to be cancelled, and then we didn't know where we were going. And then well, obviously after the Newcastle game, we had to get relocated to Kingscliff um, the next day. And then but now we sort of you know we're based here and we're we're here for the long run. Um, I think we can just solely focus on footy and sort of put the, the outside distractions away. So um, I think it's sort of helped in that sense. The new rules, mate, the, a lot of focus on the six again and the speed of the, the ruck and the speed of the gameplay and the, the one ref. Um, now yourself, we would talk about the, you know, the hookers kind of having the most say in this sort of thing. And you obviously end up playing uh, 80 minutes with the injury to Peter Hiku and, and Carl Lawton having to go out and play in the centres. Were you sort of blowing at the end there? What did you make of it all? Yeah, definitely. Um, they done a little GPS report um, after the game, and I think it's the most case a few of the boys have run nearly ever in their career. So, um, you know, with the uh, with the new rule and less penalties, and um, 
I think there was hardly any errors yesterday too. So I just kept the ball in play, and um, yeah, I was definitely definitely bound to the back end. But I, I guess it was good that we sort of had um, good share of possession. Um, I think if you don't have a good share of possession, you could um, find it really tough, which I see in a few other games over the weekend. It's just hard to get that that momentum back. You had a good share of possession. I guess that's a flow-on effect from completing your first 44 sets in a row. Yeah. I don't think we've ever seen anything like it in the NRL era. Um, was that was it just one of those days? Is it something you've particularly... Coaches always talk about, you know, completing high, but 44 in a row, we, we haven't yeah. seen that before. Yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty cool. We didn't really think about it during the game. Um, none of the boys really knew until until after it. But, um, yeah, I guess it is a pretty good, pretty good set to have. You know, we... Um, we always focus on, you know, controlling the ball and having possession. But, um, yeah, I guess yesterday it just really um, – we just played simple footy and I think it sort of really suited our um, suited us yesterday, especially with the new rule and stuff. You've got footy in hand, you're not turning the ball over too much. Um, we can find a bit of joy. What about the, um, the, the set restarts as well? Did you personally, as, as a viewer, like I sort of loved it and hated it in that it was great that the game was – stopping as much but often I was I didn't know that they had happened and when I worked out that it had happened I didn't know what it was for as, as a player yeah. how did you adjust to that continual reset um yeah on on defense you um you sort of can't you know usually winch the ref or you know blow up with the ref for making a call but you don't really have time you just got to get back in the line and um defend the next play so it's probably yeah it's probably a good thing um it definitely takes I think it takes a bit of the uh, wrestling and stuff out of the game it just makes it flow a bit more. And I think um, the little men will probably um, benefit in the back ends of games. Um, I've seen, you know, Cody Nickaroom had a bit of joy there yesterday um, with his feet. And I've seen a few other, a few other um, you know, little blokes over the weekend have some joy with, um, you know, big tiring forwards, especially because the balls are in play um, so much. All right, well, um, onwards and upwards for the Warriors now. First win of the season, um, you know, signs looking good. Um, so good to see on that front. We'll, we'll get cracking on the other seven games of the round now. Uh, the one we've just seen finish is Manly and the Dogs. Um, like most of the games this weekend, pretty one-sided affair. Um, Wade, your thoughts on this one? Manly uh, potentially one of the real heavyweights this season? Yeah, definitely. Um, they looked, you know, they pretty much had that game uh, one from the outset. They just looked... Um, Sort of a totally different level to the uh, to the Bulldogs. Um, you know the Trebojevic brothers were outstanding again, and then um, you know they got a they got a really good forward pack. So yeah, I definitely think they'll be um, very tough to beat this year. And um, if you're going to beat them, you you got to um, go with them early, or they'll just run over the top of you. Yeah, I don't think anyone like honestly did. Did any of us really think the Bulldogs were going to um, have a have a chance at winning this? Like I, I don't think any of us thought they would be easy. By no means well, were they, but. So that's like what you were saying, where like the Manly have the Dubrovichers and they got like DCE plus a really handy team anyway. And the Bulldogs, they're just um, like they're tough and they try hard and it's all effort, but they haven't got the like the finesse or the, or the game break. And so um, I don't really think Manly got out of third year in this one. It was a pretty, um, it was a slick win, but it, uh, I don't think they, they really put them to the sword. Mm. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see what sort of impact Kieran Foran 
uh, can have when he comes back from injury. Apparently he was pretty close to playing round three, so hopefully we see him back out there in round four. He's had a, uh, a tough trot. Uh, the earlier game today was the, uh, the Panthers and the Knights, and I'm still trying to process what I saw from this one. Ended up being a 90-minute draw in a weekend where the other seven games weren't even really particularly close. A 90-minute draw, we had you know Newcastle losing two of their most important players, their seven and their nine in the first, what was it, barely 10 minutes, Mitchell Pierce with a, a concussion and Connor Watson with a, an ankle sprain both going off. Um, I thought it might be, you know, Panthers went out to a 14 0 lead. I thought it might end up 60 0 with a night starved of possession, but they played outstanding. Um, Randall on debut, I think 71 tackles off the bench. You know, Hoy on debut as well, taking over the kicking duties from fullback. Um, Wade, you must have been blown away seeing what the, uh, the Knights were able to do in this one. Yeah, it was a very, um, very tough performance from the Knights. They've always been, a, you know, a tough team um but yeah as you said Penis got out to a, a quick lead and then um you know the Knights just hang in there and they just played tough and I think they got that try just for half time and that sort of the springboard them into the second half and then they they got a little bit of share of possession and scored a couple of tries but yeah I think it was a very gritty um effort against the Knights and um yeah I think uh Penrith are probably kicking themselves a little bit after that you know 14 point lead I thought they're gonna kick away as well Obviously, your if, former if, teammates on that that Penrith team. What can, you know, you, you probably know how they're feeling. They clearly missed uh, Nathan Cleary for this one, but um, you know a few young guys as well. They would have been very disappointed not to ice a few of those chances. Yeah, I'd say they'd be a little bit disappointed, but um, you know, a draw in this game is pretty good. Um, especially, I think the Knights sort of had a chance there right at the end to win it as well. So. Um, yeah, they probably they probably are kicking themselves a little bit, but um, we've got them next week, so I guess I'll be fired up to to bounce back. So um, yeah, that'll be a good push with us next week, I think. I would say, as a as an average fan, if for, for some reason over the break you've forgotten how like fantastic uh, rugby league is as a game, that that match would have reminded you, like put it right back in your face, that it's so hard to ignore. I had so much fun watching this game. No skin, like no skin in the result whatsoever. But it just had it all. I had the like the Pierce going down the first five minutes, and I think Connor Watson left the field not long after that. The Knights were down, and that already didn't start without Connor. Um, and you know, fourteen nil down, it didn't look like they really had anything. And then just the you know the miraculous comeback and the last the last five minutes of regular time and a whole goal in the whole period was just like it was just crazy, right? It was like edgy seat. There was um, you know uh, missed opportunities into like a, a field goal shootout, and then like the the Knights almost scored a try right at the death. It was um, it was just yeah, it was immense fun. I don't know if uh, as a player you would have got the same sort of enjoyment out of it, Wade, but uh, I can tell you from the couch, uh, those kind of games feel really good. Yeah, I just I just feel for the guys that are playing ninety minutes. Um, it looks very tiring. Just that extra ten minutes. I know how hard it is to play eighty. So um, yeah, going to Golden Point and playing. Uh, 90 minutes is just uh, not real fun when you, you know, you gas as it is. But um, yeah, it's definitely um, entertaining to watch. You know, they were both sides had the um, opportunity to win at the end, but just couldn't get over one. Where do you play um, the well, Knights anyway. back in? Oh, yeah, you played the Knights back in round one. They um, they got you pretty handily back then. I know it's you know been a long break and the rules have changed. But do you um, do you think this is a, a new steelier Knights team? Are they going to be a threat in in 2020? Oh yeah, I think so. After their their performance today, um, obviously losing um, Pierce and Watson, and then not having Ponga, I think um, they just showed um, you know tremendous grit to sort of stay in there with a with a um, you know a definite top eight side. So um, I, yeah, I definitely think they'll be um, on the improve this year, especially when they get you know the likes of their Ponga and Pierce back. 
um, I would say, regardless of the result, it was still awesome to see uh, players back in action. Speaking of players in action, uh, both Tyson Fazell and Joel Thompson have contributed to a video that's on NRL.com right now celebrating National Reconciliation Week, which kicked off last week, um, and National Reconciliation Week is actually sponsoring this episode of the Sunday Session podcast, so great to have them on board. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander players, cultures and prowess on the field has been a key part of rugby league for a really long time. From you know the Indigenous All-Stars to school to work, uh, cultural education and training programs, the NRL stands side by side with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on and off the field. So this week being National Reconciliation Week um, and the NRL is really proud to be a part of it and to be in this together as the, this year's Reconciliation Week theme says. As a sport, the NRL has led from the front when it comes to reconciliation, knowing it is an ongoing journey and one the NRL is deeply committed to. Reconciliation is a journey for all Australians as individuals, families, communities, organisations and importantly, as a nation. At the heart of this journey are relationships that the broader Australian community and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples um, in this together. So check out the Reconciliation Australia website for 20 ways you can be in this together in 2020 and take part in our national journey towards reconciliation. The NRL is a proud supporter of Reconciliation Week. Find out more at nrw.reconciliation.org.au. Many thanks for that, Kenny. Important cause. Good to see some uh, leaders of the rugby league community getting on board with that one. As we forge ahead with our game-by-game -game analysis, we're going to look at the Saturday night game between the Storm and the Raiders. And um, I actually tipped Melbourne in this one, um, but it's not lost on me that uh, Canberra seem to have had their measure lately. Uh, Wade, watching this one, the, the Raiders, they look they have to be close to the, the number one contenders this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they're, they're right up there. Um, they're sort of really good all over the park. Um, their, their new half, Williams, I think his name is, he really stepped up last night and sort of showed how good of a player he is. So he sort of adds a, even another dimension to their um, their attack. And they're, yeah, they're really solid over the field. You know, they've got real strong outside backs. And then their, their forward pack's probably one of the best in the comp as well. So, yeah, they'll be definitely, um, I think they'll be definitely a top four team this year. They're the other team, I think, that you played uh, before the break. Um, you kept them pretty close for, for most of it. That was a, uh, a pretty competitive game. But um, your thoughts on the Raiders from your... I, I don't know if you remember George Williams much from that game, but he was absolutely on fire last night. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, when we played, and they, they just outclassed us a bit. Um, we, we sort of stuck with them for the first half. I think it was only 6-0, and they... They, um, you know, their key players sort of made some big plays and um, just in the start of the second half and sort of they pulled away from us. But, um, yeah, they got, as I said before, they got class all over the park and, um, you know, to beat, beat a Storm team down there in Melbourne's um, a big effort. I would say after what George Williams did last night, you were going to have every single coach going on a, a raid on the Super League as soon as international flights are, are open because he was brilliant. Like, I, I thought that... I knew he was a good player, um, but I thought he would somewhat struggle, not struggle, I thought he'd take some time to sort of transition well and, and, and you know, get up to the speed and in with the game plan and all that sort of stuff. But he, like, he was just phenomenal last night. Like he, his running game, his passing game, everything, he controlled it. He set, he, you know, putting C&K over the sticks, under the sticks, sorry. Um, I was just amazed. Um, and I love the fact that uh, people are referring to him as a rookie when he's won like two Super League Grand Finals. Um, and play games under his belt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A rookie in um, NRL terms, but he yeah, he was just amazing. I thought um, Canberra around the park were just really really good. 
Yeah, I was lucky enough to speak to George. I interviewed him after their trial match um, against the Bulldogs in the preseason, and I was kind of speaking to him about how he was going to approach the year because, as a you know, for those who haven't seen him play much in the Super League, he's very much a sort of a run first, eyes up type halfback, not your sort of steady controlling halfback. And I sort of said, "Is that something you're going to learn to add to your game, or you sort of got a license to do what you do?" And he, he said, "Yes, I want to you know learn more about controlling a game," but he also said that. Stick um, Ricky Stewart had brought him across to play that what had you know made him a good player in the Super League, and I almost wonder if the um, the new rule interpretation interpretations might actually suit the way that George Williams plays rugby league because he is very much an instinctive eyes up sort of player, and if uh, last night's anything to go by, he could be in for an absolutely massive season. Um, Wade, before we move on to the next game, the Storm they looked a bit off their game. Is that just a case of the Raiders sort of getting in their face and, and putting them off their game, or was it just a um, just a, you know one of those nights for them? Yeah, I think the Raiders, you know, they were very good and that might have put the Storm off um, off their game. But you, you can never, um, you know, count the Storm out there a class side. And I definitely think they'll be up uh, in the top four at the end of the year. Um, I think they, they probably just got to adjust to the, the new rule. I think um, with their big boys going through the middle and then I'm sure they'll look at that next week and they'll, they'll bounce back. And I think, yeah, just an off night for them. And, um, and credit to the Raiders, they were just, um, you know, very good from the outset. Absolutely. The game before that, the Sharks and the Tigers. I um, I listened to a bit of this in the the car on the drive back from Gosford after the uh, the Warriors Dragons game. But Kenny, I know you would have been on the couch glued to this one. And um, I thought the uh, the Sharks were coming back over the top from what it sounded like. There was a big momentum swing, and the the Tigers started brightly, and then the Sharks sort of had their their measure. But second half was all Tigers. Yeah, this as a as a you know lifelong Tigers fan, I, I found this game really surprising. So the Tigers jumped out to a pretty early lead, um, and then the Sharks came back. Uh, and as soon as they took the lead back, I, I didn't think the Tigers would deal with it really well. Um, quite, and I thought they'd probably just end up losing. But man, they showed great determination to claw back the win. Um, I reckon you know everybody uh, has been, has been seeing the presence of Harry Grant. He was excellent at dummy half, but I also think. Um, because he came off after about 60 minutes, I think, and Billy Walters went in at number nine. I think that um, reignited that spark. He was really, really good towards the back end of that game. Um, I thought Luke Brooks was really good as well. He, he, he ran a lot last night. Um, and the tiger, and the, the forwards for the Tigers really stood up as well. What I found really strange, though, was that the Sharks, um, they obviously had gone into that game with, uh, with the plan of attacking uh, North Luma's wing, and that seemed to work for them for most of the first half. And then uh, they just sort of seemed to abandon that game plan. And I don't know what happened. I think Wade Graham possibly got injured. There was an injury to Towns at the end of it as well. I'm not sure why they changed, but as soon as they went away from that game plan, um, Nofaluma set up the try to, to equal, um, to get back to level scores and then did a, a massive solo effort to get the try to, to put them in front. So um, I'm really not sure what happened there, but uh, it was a, I think the Tigers should be really proud of the win. You got through that without mentioning old man Benji as well, the um, the veteran winding back the clock and doing some uh, some magic things. Yeah, he was. I mean, I think the renaissance of Benji ever since he's come back a couple of years ago, he's been um, he's like a fine wine. You know, it gets better with age. It's cliche, but damn it, he is uh, he's excellent. If he wants to go around again next year, I'll be right on board. Absolutely. So the uh, Friday night footy, the uh, the blockbuster, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, um, ended up being all the Roosters. They were winless, remarkably, coming into this one. But uh, Wade, I don't think what we saw from the Roosters on Friday night would have surprised anyone too much. No, definitely not. You know, they're the, they're the sort of team to beat. And, um, you know, with guys like Tedesco and um, Kiri and, you know, the likes, um, they're always going to be 
you know, up there. And I think they sort of just showed their class on, on the weekend. And, um, yeah, they're just a bit too good for the Rabbitohs. Um, I think the Rabbitohs sort of stuck with them um, for a little bit. And then they just, you know, those classy players like, yeah, Tedesco and, and um, the likes. And there's a couple of um, I think a couple of brilliant efforts from Morris. You know, the guys like that um, just really showed, you know, how good a team they are. Amazing from Brett Morris at the age of 33. I think two try-saving tackles in one set and then went and chased another ball into the in goal to, to defuse another chance. He's, uh, I've, I think I said on Twitter and I've said it regularly, they should just never be allowed to retire, those two. I just <laughs> love what they bring to a footy team. Yeah, 100%. You know, they're gonna get, uh, you're going to get the same out of them um, each and every week. They're just um, really consistent players and uh, very professional. So, um, yeah, I guess they'll, they'll keep playing forever if they, if they could. Kenny, what, did wasn't think of, what did you guys think of, of the Rabbitohs? So I, I thought the Roosters, the Roosters were the Roosters, right? They just did what the Roosters do. But the Rabbitohs, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of them. They're not, um, they're not the team they were last year. Um, they've had a bit of, uh, you know, during this break, they've had a, a bit of um, you know, off-field issues, etc. cetera. Um, I thought they looked a bit, I don't know, they, they just didn't look as solid as they have uh, in previous outings. Um, and I'm not quite sure what uh, what what they need to change. I know they're obviously missing Cody Walker, um, but I don't know they just don't seem to be as as tidy unit as they used to be. Yeah, I think uh, I think losing you know the likes of Sam Burgess and um, his brother as well probably had a big you know impact on the club. And um, guess having you know Walker and I think they had Jimmy Roberts out as well. So. Um, I guess when they get those plays back and they sort of adjust to life without, you know, um, the Burgess boys, I think they'll, um, you know, they got some crafty plays. You know, Cook probably one of the, the best plays in the game at the moment. And then, um, you know, they got Latrell and stuff like that. So I think once they, you know, get their combination and get a few plays back, I think they'll um, definitely be on the improve. Yeah, I tend to agree. Put Cody Walker back into the team, James Roberts back in. You, um, you know, give Latrell a, a couple of weeks to to find his groove at fullback. I, uh, I think the Rabbitohs might um, end up, you know, winning enough games to to push for top four. But um, wait and see. I guess the the earlier Friday game, the Cowboys and the Titans. Cowboys are a long-awaited uh, maiden win at their sparkling new home ground. Um, Wade, it's uh, I guess Val Holmes makes a big difference to that team, but no Michael Morgan. It's uh, it was a pretty slick effort. Yeah, definitely. Um, they were just you know they just outclassed the Titans. I think their halves um, really um, you know put it on them. I think they had Drinkwater and uh, Clifford in the halves, and they yeah. were you know they were very classy. And then with Val at the back, they were yeah they were slick. And then obviously Talmalolo, um, good luck tackling him. For sixty <laughs> minutes, um, <laughs> that didn't look like fun, but it never is. Um, but yeah, they got um. Especially when they get Morgan back, I think they'll be, you know, I think they could surprise a few teams this year. Um, especially, you know, they have Val at the back as well. So, um, yeah, I think they were just, yeah, too classy for, for the Titans on Friday night. Wade, have you ever tried to tackle um, Tom Lillard? Uh Yeah, I think I have once. I, I think it was actually my debut game when I played him. That was my first game. I think that's the only time I've had to tackle him. It was only the last, last 10 minutes. So I think he might have been a bit tired. So I, I actually haven't. I haven't tackled him that much and I don't really plan on to. So hopefully we're only playing him once, once a year is enough, I think. What do we think of the, uh, the Titans this year? They haven't had a lot of luck, um, but they certainly um, haven't threatened too many teams either. They've, you know, missing players through injury. They've had some changes in the, the four pack, a fair few reshuffles going on, but uh, starting to look like it's going to be a bit of a long season in the offering for the, uh, the Gold Coast. Yeah, I think um, 
yeah, I think they got a, you know a few plays out as you said before. There's a few, especially when you change, you know, uh, a few spine plays. It really makes it tough to to build those combinations. But um, you know, when they get a few of their plays back, um, you know, they can play some good footy. They got some um, some really good plays in there. But um, yeah, I think they'll just they're just outclassed by the Cowboys on um, on Friday night, and they they'll probably have to improve to um, you know to beat a few teams. Yeah, I think the the Titans. Um, we shouldn't be too harsh on them because you know they, 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 when if you look at like I was, I was doing a lot of a lot of thinking over the weekend. Um, if you compare the Titans to the Dragons, like they're both in pretty ordinary situations, and to get yourself out of an ordinary situation, you've got to make a big change. So the, the Titans made their change, so they've got the new coach. Um, everyone's been put on notice, etc. So that sort of process is going, and I think maybe hope, um, but I do generally think they will improve as the season gets on. They were, you know, they were pretty uninspiring in this um, in this game. But I think, um, you know, working out what they're going to do with their halves because they've got they've got a, they've got a like a, a pretty good team. Like you know, they've got some great forwards. Um, I know Ash Taylor's up and down, but we all know what he can do. Um, I think we've just it's unfortunate that this is a condensed season. Um, but I think with a bit of time, they'll they'll probably do a lot better. Yeah, I mean, obviously, inspirational captain Ryan James out with a knee injury. Looks like AJ Brimson, who was their fullback this year, out for long term with a back injury. They lost Tyrone Roberts as well. Um, so, yeah, certainly some, you know, some injury headaches and obviously um, first year coach as well. So, fingers crossed they can um, find some improvement as the season goes on. Uh, it all kicked off on Thursday night. And to me, this felt like an origin build up. I was on the couch with pizza and a, a couple of beers. I was just so ready for some footy to come back. It was, um, yeah, it was just, it felt like a, a massive event. And um, it was the first look we'd had at the new rules and it, the game just started so fast and uh, the the score 34 to 6 looks like a blowout in the end but it was you know really really close for most of the game it was just high intensity you know I think Brisbane dropped two uh, kicks over the line could have even had the lead going into the last half an hour um, Wade you sort of feel the same way just to uh, stoke to have footy back in this, this huge event this high intensity game yeah, it was, um, it was definitely a pretty crazy start um, just to see how fast, you know, with the with the new rule and the one ref was. And, um, yeah, Parra just got on the front foot and sort of didn't let up. Um, as you said, there was a couple of errors, I think, over the line by the Bronx. But, um, yeah, Parramatta just got on that front foot and sort of didn't lift the, didn't lift the foot until, um, until it was pretty much over. Um, I think they'll be, you know, right up there this year. Their, um, their squad's very good and um, they've got a good depth in their squad, I think. It just really helps them. Um, you know, their bench is very solid and, you know, they've got the, the key playmakers, you know, Moses, Gutherson and, and the like. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll be very hard to beat. And um, I think the Bronx will bounce back. They got, you know, um, a really young side, but thank God they're going to be good in a couple of years, I think, if they keep, you know, keep that pack together. Okay, I know exactly what you mean when you say this This game had an origin, an origin feel to it, at least in the build-up. So I was the same as you. I was looking forward to it all week, had my whole day planned out, you know, pizzas and beers on the couch, all that sort of stuff. And um, you're right, Jesus, it did seem fast. And I still, I'm still um, reconciling whether it was actually fast or if I was just in such a hyped-up state of you know, anticipation that, that I was just enjoying it, <laughs> enjoying it so much that it seemed to, to um, be a much more uh, high intensity. Um, but it was just so, like it had, yeah, the, the, the scoreline I think was um, not uh, indicative of the intensity of the game. I really liked, mm. like Brody Cross uh, tried to open the score and was magnificent. And what about Sebo's try as well? Like another gravity defying um, effort from the winger. 
that's got to go on the promo reel. So absolutely, we shouldn't even be surprised anymore. We've seen it so many times, but I still yeah. I, I didn't think there was any way he could have gotten that down. Um, Broncos obviously missing the likes of Fafita and Pango Junior. Alex Glenn went off in the first half with a, a gash to the legs. They've got some troops to come back, but for Parramatta, um, like you said, Wade, just a really impressive, well-rounded squad. I think Reed Marnie might be the first ever NRL player to break his foot in a game and, and play the next game. The the break probably. <laughs> came at a good time for him but um the the halves i think apparently mitch moses had a um a calf strain and barely trained but looked like that had a, a pretty um positive impact on uh, on dylan brown who was quite impressive as well yeah he looks like a, a good young player um I remember coming up against him i think we, i played him again his debut game and he didn't look out of place and um yeah i think he'll he'll keep building he looks uh, yeah very handy player Kenny, any final thoughts before I wrap this uh, podcast up? Yeah, I don't. I, I, I do. Have, I have one one comment. It's not exactly uh, football action related, but um, I'll have to make a comment about Sean Lane's hair. Uh, I I haven't made this public previously, but I actually modelled my hairstyle on Sean Lane last year because I thought it looked really good. Like he had this really great long long hair, um, and it was for a little bit of a gross reason. I think um, NRL.com did an article on how he did it to hide a ringworm scar or something weird like that. It still looks pretty good. And now he's gone and chopped it off and he looks like a like he looks like a bored high schooler or something. He played really well. Um, but I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way he looks at all. So that's my final thought. <laughs> I was going to say, if we're, if we're bagging haircuts, there are a few shockers getting around the NRL this weekend. Oh, yeah, what about the, um, there. What do you, someone, everybody cut sick with the peroxide over the lockdown. Wayne, how did you escape that? Yeah, no, nah, um, I don't know. I, I, I dodged that massively. Um, I don't think I'm, especially being um, in the middle there, I don't think any front rollers would really like it if you had a, probably puts a big target on your head if you're in the middle and you, they see peroxide dyed hair. So, um, I think that's why the wingers are doing it because they're sort of out of the action and uh, big front rolls don't run in them. So um, I'll leave, yeah, I'll leave that to the wingers. Uh, not my, not my go. Mind you, it has been a few wingers. I did notice big bad Billy Kickow, your old teammate, had a pretty, <laughs> pretty extravagant bleached uh, Afro-looking thing on his head this afternoon. But I guess when you're big bad Billy Kickow, you can do what you want. Who's going to argue? Um, yeah, that's right. They're not going to tell him no, so he exactly. can do what he wants. <laughs> I'm enjoying the ISO beards as well, actually. We saw a, a big ginger monstrosity on Aidan Tolman this evening, but Cam Smith, I think, is probably winning that one. As We all know what a hairy man he is. <laughs> a few weeks in isolation growing a beard was uh, quite impressive on his, on his part as well. If we're talking about impressive isolation beards, uh, we should mention that if any listeners of this podcast want to see, uh, see Chris Kennedy's spectacular isolation beard, go on and watch an episode of The Game Plan on NRL.com. It is thick and full and awesome. Uh, nothing better to do with my time off than just <laughs> grow this monstrosity. All right. Well, uh, enough of that. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, Wade, massive thanks for joining us. Um, I think everyone's behind the, the Warriors this year. So onwards and upwards. And I uh, look forward to seeing what you guys can produce in the coming weeks. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And appreciate all the support from uh, the NRL community. Thanks, Steve.